24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. I am Zach Schneider, the Marketing and PR Director here at Grandma's Marathon. We're back with Essentia Health Athletic Trainer and Medical Liaison to us, Christina Nissler. On the show today, we're going to be talking all things nutrition, the lead-up to race day, during the race, even afterward, what are some of the best things that you should be eating, drinking, putting in your body to help you have the best race possible and to feel your best before, during, and after your run. We asked for some help with this episode. So we're also joined today by three of our 2023 Gram Ambassadors. They are Amy Goblersh, Jamie Vezel, and Sarah Packingham. Thanks to all four of you for being with us here today. Christina, I want to start with you because we're going to be throwing a lot of ideas out there, potential things that our listeners can do, can try for themselves. But diets, especially with runners and athletes, are so individualized. So I always want to throw this disclaimer out when we're in this space of our organization that if in doubt, check with your own physician before making any major changes to your diet. Correct. We do have two medical professionals on this call. Um, but yes, if you're if you're thinking about making any major changes to your diet, um, run that by your doctor or registered dietitian. All right. The first question I'd like to put to the group, most marathon training plans will start sometime later this month for those who are registered for one of our races in June. The long runs for those people who are using one of those training plans are still a ways out, but being prepared and looking ahead, never a bad thing. So when do you recommend that people start practicing fueling during those long runs? Christina, let's start with you for this one. I think the best time to start practicing fueling is the first time that you're going to do a run that will take you longer than an hour. Um, it is pretty important um, to get accustomed to trying the type of fuel that you plan to use because you need to make sure that it's not going to upset your stomach too badly. Um, need to make sure that it, that it feels good to you from an energy standpoint, that you, that you get that increase of energy that you're hoping for. Um, and going longer than an hour is when you're going to actually need to replace some energy. Now, our three grand ambassadors are here to talk largely from their own personal experiences, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them. Amy is with us in kind of a dual role. She works in her professional life as a dietitian, so she has a little bit of advanced knowledge on these topics. So, Amy, same question to you. When do you recommend people start introducing the fueling into their training process? Usually I take a look at what's being offered on course, if it's something that I'm interested in using, if it's something I haven't used before. And if it is, I actually wouldn't wait for that longer run to try it. And just like with my clients, I recommend trying it on that three or four mile run. You may not need fuel on that run, but if you're going to have an upset stomach, if worst case scenario happens, it causes GI issues. 
I would rather that happen to somebody on that shorter run versus it happens partway through a 14 mile run and you have to call that run early. It can knock your confidence down. So I like to try, try those things, like work through it on a shorter run. So that way, when it gets to those longer runs, it's like, okay, I've had this before. I know it works for me. Maybe I need to figure out the timing of everything, but at least knowing how your body should react to it. Jamie and Sarah, from a personal experience standpoint, when do you like to maybe start experimenting with a new product or start training with the things that you're planning to use on race day. Jamie, let's start with you. So um, I, I have to agree with everybody. Um, I, I've started out in my running career using carbs and um, I, on a day-to-day -day basis, when I'm not training, I tend to do a lower carb um, diet. And throughout training, as I'm starting, starting to ramp up the miles, I started adding more carbs in. Um, I personally, I, I love my, um, like gummies. Those are my favorite things to train with on long runs. They kind of get me through. I take them to every single race. Um, I do the like Gatorade on the race course, things like that. But my go-tos are the gummies. I love them. And I recommend start training with them right away. Cause if it's something that you haven't tried before, you definitely want to know how that's going to feel in your stomach. When my last race that I did, I actually did a gel on the course and I felt terrible about two miles into it. And Sarah, how about for you? When does this become more important in the training cycle for you? Yeah, um, everything I've done in my running life of 10 years, I've learned myself. I've taught myself. I've failed a lot. Um, so I don't really start feeling until that one hour mark that Christina talked about. But I like the idea of trying something new early on. I think that's a really good thing to maybe try to incorporate this year. But, you know, an hour in, I'll replace, you know, I'll do salt waters. I'll do nut butters. I don't consume a lot of carbs normally, so I don't fuel with them like a lot of people do where I feel like I need the salt and I need the fats to kind of give me the energy to keep going. And yeah, once I hit that hour mark, I'll be, I'm a sweater. <laughs> so like I'll be getting all that salt back in and replenishing as much as I can with those, those salts and fats basically. This is a good time to say the fuel on the grandma's marathon race course again this year will be pure fuel, which is provided by one of our major sponsors, Anderson's maple syrup. It is 100% organic maple syrup. So it's a little bit different than some of the more typical energy gels that you're going to find elsewhere on the market. We're super proud to partner with Anderson's on this and to provide pure fuel to our runners. It's an organic, healthier alternative to some of those, those other products. And it gives largely the same kind of nutrition to you in the middle of the race. I want to turn to our three grand ambassadors because they've all used pure fuel before. What are your thoughts on that product and how it compares to some of the others that you've tried throughout your running careers? I, I actually really loved it. It was um, easy to consume. I felt like it was really easy on my stomach. I love that it's organic. The ingredients are a little bit more um, natural and clean. So I really love that. I would definitely do it again. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I said, I don't typically eat a lot of those other types of things, but I would, I would do this again. It consistent, starting with the consistency of it, it's easy to consume. Like all of those gels, I feel like I'm choking down. It's easy to consume while running or walking fast. And I feel like it worked better for me because I was maybe just able to consume a whole packet versus choking down half a packet and then throwing the rest on the ground. Um, 
So I liked it. I love that the ingredient list is simple and clean and I would, yeah, continue to use it probably through race day. I'm actually going to talk more about the consistency. I think that's something that I really liked. Some of those gels can be so thick. It's like so hard to like get down and swallow while you're running. That one was a little bit more liquidy like and made it so much easier first. So like when you're running, it can be so challenging to be able to get down. And I feel like when it's easier, when it's a lighter consistency, it makes it so much easier And then a runner is actually going to keep fueling like they're supposed to. And I think that is just such a big thing. Christina, what's the science behind taking in fuel during a long run? What benefits does it give to your body more so than just water or a sports drink? Sure. So the purpose is that our our bodies store energy in our muscles and we store it in the form of something called glycogen. So when we eat carbohydrates in our diet, it gets stored in our muscles as glycogen. And then that's what we use to perform exercise, similar to the way gasoline works in a car, glycogen is our body's gasoline, Um, but we can only store so much of it. We don't have an endless supply. So during long exercise, we will run out. Um, and if we run out and don't put more carbohydrate back into our body, um, we have, what happens is what runners call the bonk and you run out of energy, you hit the wall, you feel terrible. You can't keep going, um, at the, at the pace that you were before. Now our bodies will try to use other things. Um, so our body will try then to turn to our fat storage in our body And some runners are going to hear that and go, you mean I get to start burning off my fat? Yay. (laughs) Um, Not so fast because it's not as efficient. Our bodies are very inefficient at turning that fat into energy. So even though it's going to be trying to do that, it'll really slow you down and affect your performance. And you're just not going to feel as well. So when we're, when we're training and when we're racing, putting, um, glucose or putting carbohydrates back into our body, um, will maintain our energy levels and maintain our performance. And Amy, for you, from a dietitian's perspective, what benefits do you see that it gives runners to take on additional fuel in the middle of a longer run where they're exerting themselves more? I never give the same plan to the same clients. Like there are those sports nutrition guidelines, but I always tell clients it's about individualizing them. It's about finding where within those guidelines or sometimes outside of those guidelines that their body may respond best to. And you really only know it through trial and error understanding. Like I had a client that was fueling every 20 minutes and her carb guidelines were a little bit higher than what was recommended, but she was hitting the wall if she tried to go within the guidelines and it was like, all right, this isn't a big deal. It's like, we found the sweet spot for your body and it doesn't matter if it's different than what the guidelines say. All right. Turning to our other two ambassadors here, some lessons learned from a a personal experience standpoint without being too graphic here. Have, have any of you learned the hard way about what not to do during a long run or during a race? Yeah. I I mean, I just found a new goo product and I'm like, I'm going to just, you know, going to go for it on a race day. It was a 10 mile race. It was hot. It was miserable already. And then 
about mile six, I almost had to quit. And it was just the stomach ache, like that I've never had before until, until this last summer when my appendix burst, but it was stomach ache similar to that. And then just hunched over walk for two miles, you know, without having to like, because it was like, I can't quit. But the stomach ache was just terrible. And so I never, ever would recommend trying something new on race day. Um, I knew and I knew that going into it, but I still did it anyway. So I'm like, oh, this looks tasty. This looks fun. It's, it's here. It's free. Let's do it. And not the right choice for my body that day and made a pretty miserable last four miles, but I did finish. And then I just laid in bed for the rest of the day. So um, my very first half marathon that I ever ran was in 2008 and was the uh, Gary Bjorklin um, half. And um, so I did everything wrong during that race, right? I, I trained. I didn't follow a training plan. I just ran. I didn't fuel, no water, nothing. And so race day, I got to the start line. I was feeling pretty good, maybe overtrained, maybe undertrained, hard to say at that point. But um about halfway into the race, I started getting really lightheaded. My electrolytes were off. I was getting kind of nauseous. I, um, you know, I, I finished the race. It was okay, but it could have gone really south. So, um, you know, really, really recommend like going back to where we were saying, um, test things out before the race because it can really go bad. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see and hear about runners making is that they complete a long run and they're like, I'm just not hungry. Like pretty much the whole day, it's like no appetite, which long run, long runs and even speed workouts can really wipe out your appetite. So during those times, like you can't just listen to your body. You have to be mindful of, I did a long run. I need to fuel right away. And then I need to continue with regular meals and snacks or I'm going to be underfueled today and it's going to negatively impact the next run. And this is a good time. I want to circle back and talk about this topic because it's one of Christina's most talked about topics with some of our runners is what to do immediately after you cross the finish line. It feels like your work is over, but for your body, it continues now for the next several hours to try and recover from what you've just put it through. And so Christina and I often talk about how can we tell people about what to do after their race. Christina, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, sadly, the, the only complaint that I really ever hear from anybody, you know, so many folks love grandma's marathon, but if I ever hear a complaint, it's that we make them keep walking after they finish in order to get to the fun stuff. Um, but that's very intentionally designed because if after intense exercise, like a half marathon or marathon, if you just stop, um, you can collapse. It's called exercise associated collapse. Um, and it happens because your cardiovascular system has just been working so hard for so long that if you stop and it just stops doing that, you can faint. Um, and what happens if you, if you cross the finish line and you faint, you get picked up and put in a wheelchair and brought into the medical tent. Um, and then you've got to stay there until we are sure you feel better and nobody wants to end their marathon experience that way. So we very intentionally designed the finish line so that after you cross it, you have to walk a little bit to get your medal. And then you have to walk a little bit more to get your bottle of water and then walk a little bit more to get your banana. Um, and it's all so that you keep moving and slowly bring your heart rate down and slowly get the, the hydration and snacks and avoid fainting and being wheeled into my tent. 
I find that a lot of runners can be good during training with recovery nutrition. And then on race day, there's so much excitement. You want the, maybe you want the celebratory drink. You're trying to find your family, your friends. You want to take all the photos, but making sure to stop through the refreshment area, get your, all your carbs. There's always good protein there and trying to get something down. And even if maybe your stomach isn't a hundred percent at that time, because it's super common not delaying nutrition because you feel like, oh, I might be sick because sometimes that chocolate milk or that bagel can help soothe your stomach and help you feel better even sooner. So even if it doesn't sound appealing, like taking the smallest bites you can, just trying to get something in and it's going to help recovery. It's going to help you feel better. How about outside the run? Obviously diet can play such an important part in getting in shape and getting your body ready to exert itself and recover through the training process. But what are some of the things that people should be focused on from a nutrition standpoint in that regard versus maybe what to do during your training or while you're running? What are some things they can be focused on while they're recovering or even just in general over the next several months? I would tell them that this is not a time to focus on weight loss because if you are focused on losing weight, you're going to be in a calorie deficit, your body is not going to have the energy to perform, your runs are probably not going to feel great. And it might be one of those things where if your runs are feeling great, and you might be on your way to that PR, you might not be losing weight, or vice versa, maybe you're losing weight, runs are not going well, you might not PR. And so it's really prioritizing what is important to you what really matters and hopefully it's running strong and hitting that PR or just having a race where you don't bonk and hit the wall. We've reached the uh, cooking show portion of this podcast as now I'm going to ask some of our grand ambassadors, what are your, some of your favorite things to eat? What, what would you recommend people use as a go-to uh, over the next several months as they get ready for the race in June? I mean, I do, like I said already, a lot of low carb. So I eat a lot of meats, nuts, you know, vegetables. And I think Jamie and I were actually just talking about the other day, like my go-to is just egg roll in a bowl. It is easy. It is quick. It is delicious. It gets me some good vegetables in, some fiber, some meat. And yeah, just could eat that every day. I try to keep things, you know, minimally processed. Every once in a while, I'll throw in like a good meat stick or something, but a lot of macadamia nuts, almonds, just like to keep it simple, like to keep, you know, I eat a lot of the same things during the week, you know, some sort of variation of like an egg and a meat, an egg and a chicken, egg and beef, egg and whatever. Keep it simple, get a little more creative on the weekend, but egg roll in a bowl is definitely always, always the go-to and always so good. So, um, like I said before, it kind of changes as I ramp up for the marathon. So currently right now I'm eating a lot of salads for lunch, eggs for breakfast, um, some simple things for dinner um but as i kind of ramp up i start adding some fruits and i'll add things like sweet potatoes things like that um just to start ramping up the carbs a little bit but that's pretty much what it looks like and then of course on those long runs i like those gels but i think i'm going to try the um anderson syrup maple syrup this time so the go-to's of course are are water and sleep you want to make sure you're getting enough of both but Christina Nissler, you and I have talked about this before. Can you have too much of either of those things? Um, I am a very firm believer that there's no such thing as too much sleep. Um, if you uh, 
hardly any of us get enough sleep. If you think you are getting enough sleep, you could probably even use a smidgen more um, sleep all you can when you're marathon training. Um, but interesting that you should ask if it's possible to get too much water. Uh, it is, it is possible to get too much water. And that is occasionally something we also see in the marathon finish line tent. Um, it's called hyponatremia and it happens if somebody takes in too much water and their sodium levels in their blood become too low. Um, so this is, this is one of those things that you would want to watch out for. Um, if you are somebody who's a very salty sweater, like if you finish your run and you can see salt on your body or see it in your clothes or taste it on your face, then you are somebody who would benefit from taking in sodium during your runs uh, and during the marathon or making sure that you are fueling with things that contain sodium. Um, and everybody I think should, you know, how do I want to say this? We get, we get confused sometimes um, about whether or not we should drink to thirst. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people say before, like you said earlier, Zach, if you are thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Um, you know, whether or not that's true, it, it is true that thirst is our body's way of telling us that we're thirsty, that we need water. So if you feel thirsty on the course, that's a good time to, to drink water. Um, but we don't want to be just flooding our systems with it. And if you want to be extra careful, um, working with a dietitian, they could help you do a, a sweat rate test and find out at what, at what rate you as an individual lose fluid through sweat. So you can really dial in your hydration plan for the marathon. All right. We're going to close this episode out with one more pearl of wisdom from each of our guests here tonight. What's one thing you can say all right, we're going to close this episode out with one more pearl of wisdom from each of our four guests here today. What's one thing that you can say to people listening, whether they've run a grandma's marathon before, whether they're a first-time marathoner or a veteran who just hasn't been to Duluth yet? What's one thing you can say to our listeners to help them prepare for our race weekend in June? I'm going to say, especially if you're a part of a running group or ever maybe talk to someone else about running and their fueling strategy, to take it with a grain of salt and then to focus on what your body responds best to. Like I said, it's individualized. Someone may do better with one gel during a three hour run and you might need like six to get through that run. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's just that you're the only person that knows how much your body needs and what it takes to prevent hitting the wall. And I would also remind you, especially when it comes to race day, that adapt your plan, have your race plan of how you're going to fuel, how you're going to hydrate, but then adapt it as necessary. Maybe you, like I did one time, I forgot my sodium replacement. So I was like, crap, I need to rethink about how I'm going to do this. I needed to weigh the risk to the benefits of trying something I hadn't had before because I needed to replace the sodium. So just remember, it's great to have a plan, but be able to adapt it in the moment. And then you can find me on Instagram at the underscore running underscore dietitian. Absolutely. So um, training isn't just about the miles, getting the miles in. It's about fueling. It's about experimenting. It's about the entire process and doing it early so you know that you're ready for 
the race on race day, um, get it all in, ask questions, ask lots of questions. Um, any runner loves to talk about running um, and, the, and their process, right? So um, you can find me on Instagram at Jamie's Journey in Life and Facebook, um, Jamie Joseph. Yeah, I mean, the big thing is nutrition, marathon training, half marathon training. It isn't a chore unless you make it, you know, it's fun. it should be fun. It should be something you enjoy and you know what feels best for your body and it takes time. And I've done a lot of things over the last 10 years of running, but I've done a lot of trial and error and I'd love to talk to anyone about it. Um, Sarah L. Marie, 1985 on Instagram, Sarah Packingham on Facebook. And yeah, would love to talk if anyone wants to. I do have one um, unique piece of advice that was actually brought to mind by what Amy just said about the time she forgot her sodium. Um, and that is once you have your specific fueling plan rehearsed and worked out, do try your very best to remember to bring what you need. Um, you know, we do have things on the course. We do have some things available at the various medical tents along the course, um, but we can't possibly have everything that somebody might need. So if you have a, a need that is very specific to you, like a certain type of thing that you need, um, try very hard to remember to bring that just in case we don't have it. Um, there were some things that we got asked for at tents last year that we that we don't provide. Um, so if you have a specific need, please try to meet that yourself. All right, thanks very much. Our three grand ambassadors, Amy Goblers, Jamie Vessel, and Sarah Packingham, as well as Christina Nissler from Essentia Health. This Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you by Essentia Health. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends. Grandma's Marathon is proudly presented by Toyota members cooperative credit union and a6m zach schneider until next time everyone be well